welcome to a brand new episode today. Hey guys, uh, Paul and Christoph here, Hall of Gains and Hypertrophy. We are both here again, so this will become the norm. But today, we're going to be talking about motivation and discipline. Uh, I think it'll be a, a fun little session here. Um, nothing too serious, you know, not really any research or anything like that. Just kind of talking about the differences and uh, where we take from it and, you know, what we use to motivate ourselves or how to stay disciplined and all of that, um, what we use to stay disciplined. So uh, that's what we'll be talking about today. Yeah, it's going to be a, uh, a, 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 what's it called? It's going to be a bro science uh, episode because <laughs> it's it's all gym bro stuff. Where no, yeah, it's just no scientific backing to this today. Maybe we'll right. pull up one or two, but it's not going to be like our usual selves where we have a couple hundred articles each open at one time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We won't be referencing articles or anything. I will probably <laughs> post a um to the website. I'll probably post a photo in reference to this. I know the photo. I could think of it. It shows what motivation looks like visually versus what discipline looks like uh, visually. Discipline results in consistency. So it's basically more or less motivation versus consistency. Um, so I'll be posting that to the blog site. So you can see kind of referencing it kind of like uh, my solo episode of uh, talking about um, Marcus rules, um, bo total body shock workout. Uh, the, the photo is on the blog right there. So it's a good reference, at least there. Um, so I'll be posting that as well. So you can see that later on, but we'll be talking about what we use to stay motivated and disciplined everywhere from waking up probably in the morning to training to staying consistent with food and stuff like that. So um, let's get into it. I was going to say, we can even post to the blog. Uh, <clears throat> I know about you, but I have one set gym playlist that I use for music wise. So I, we can even post that in so you guys can see what we're using to shred ourselves with. <laughs> yeah, we. I can post a Spotify link or something depending on <laughs> where the playlist is at. I'll post a link to it, but my, my shit's so all over the place. I never have a consistent playlist. It almost it's never like happens. Mine's just a ten hour, ten hour loop of uh, Carl Weezer saying Jimmy's mom. So, so yeah. mine's mine's pretty basic. But uh, <laughs> my, mine's um, my I just listened to the uh, I think it's called Time from Inception, the movie Hans Zimmer. <laughs> ten hour loop of uh, Time. <laughs> or I listened to um, the docking song from Interstellar. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. I just listened to that on on loop. You know, no, it's it's only the uh, the sound of the. Um, seismic charges from Star Wars. The 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 you know the sound I'm referencing the yeah. Or you could do like the the alarm in the the newer the newer sequels. The um I can't I can't think of it right now. I don't know what to call it. But the no, I, I know I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, it's part of a song. I love that song though. There's yeah. a, somebody remixed the um rap song and put that in there. That was sick, but. <laughs> uh but yeah so uh today we are hitting uh motivation and discipline and i think before we get into our anecdotal sides of things and start to talk about how we interact with the two different things we should define the difference between motivation and discipline um and of course paul throw in your take at any point uh mm -hmm. during my little rant here but uh motivation is something that you use to tap into uh, to push yourself to be better, whereas discipline is building a routine and just fundamentally believing that 
at this time or at this point of the day, I need to be doing this. And of course, both of which both motivation and discipline can be applied to basically every facet of your life. This is not just gym related, but we're focusing primarily on gym motivation and gym discipline because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously well, considering least, our podcast. Yeah, at least involving fitness, like food and stuff like that too. So yeah. And uh, so when we, when I think of motivation, I, I, I always refer back to a, uh, a meme that I saw. I really need to figure out what this dude's name is, but it's that bodybuilder that I referenced uh, last time who uh, he's got the, thick headband and he's the guy who said uh, uh, a pump is like a boner for your whole body he uh yeah, I can always picture him i never know his name i keep exactly. forgetting his name but he he has a meme where it's like hey what's uh what's the what's the one way that you need to stay or what's one thing um the only thing you need to be motivated and he's like you have to be sad you can't be you have to be depressed or no actually the exact meme is like um What's one thing you need to be successful in the gym? Not being happy. <laughs> and so that's a, uh, it's, it's a goofy little take, but at the same time, it, fear and pain and every negative energy that you have attached to you can be a very powerful motivator um, because that can drive you to do an insane amount of things. Um, so I don't generally use happiness when I'm in the gym. Um, especially when it comes to motivation. Like when I'm on a PR set, like uh, the one I sent you uh, a couple of days ago, Paul, of my deadlift PR, yeah. um, you can visibly see me get tap into my rage and let out like a frustration <laughs> noise when I, cause I failed, I, I failed to get it up on my very first attempt, but I almost do like a guttural, like, like battle roar. And I'm like this in my head, I'm thinking this <laughs> weight is going up. And uh, then I drove it up, but that, like that kind of motivation doesn't stem, at least for me, it doesn't stem from positive things. I always tap into negatives when it comes to um, just mentally getting motivated for the gym. Uh, How does that look for you though, Paul? Uh, Actually, Um, I've heard about your very dark uh, bodybuilding secret. So do you want to share that? Yeah. yeah. So... Okay, so first things first is that I almost entirely rely on discipline. Um, I'm almost never motivated to go to the gym. I'm never motivated to do cardio. Very seldom am I ever motivated to stick to my meal plan. It's just simply discipline. It's just simply having to do it. It's just I. this is what I need to do. Um, you know, going to the gym, like not at pretty much any day do I ever enjoy, let's say, arms, for instance. I almost never enjoy arms, but I know I need to work on my arms in order to become you know, to have better arms with my actual physique. So I need to hit them more often and just stay disciplined with them um, and slowly incrementally um, increase the progressive overload or just do progressive overload over time. Um, So for me, it's more discipline than anything. But as far as motivation goes, sometimes I'll listen to like, um, like to actually get to the gym and get a little bit hyped up depending on the day. It'll be like, uh, like I, I'll listen to like a YouTube motivation video, like Machiavelli motivation or Nick, uh, Nick Andro motivation or, um, Raiden motivation, stuff like that. Like those, like bodybuilding focused, uh, YouTube pages. Um, and then once I'm actually at the gym, I just play like whatever music I'm kind of feeling for the day. 
and kind of just go through the motions. Um, not really go through the motions, I guess. If you listen to Arnold, that's not a good thing. He says don't go, go through the motions, but you know, go through the actual movements and just stay focused on my workout. Um, the the music for me doesn't really matter, but what Christoph was referencing is sometimes when I'm really trying to push myself and break through, um, usually it's like a leg day. So I try to break through the pain barriers and sometimes I just need a little more motivation. So what I'll picture, this is the Tom Platts thing. So if you know who Tom Platts is, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. It's where you picture like a gun to like a family member's head or something, or like someone who's important to you. And if you don't get five more reps, they pull the trigger. It, it's so fucking toxic, but like, and obviously it's not real. I know that, but it just allows me to kind of picture it and allow me to get you know, a little bit more energy into the movement that I'm doing. So usually I'll do something like this with like hack squat or barbell squat or like if I'm doing like a heavy set of leg press, which is never, I almost never do that anymore. But um, usually it's some sort of squat that I'm doing that with. Um, and then I, I get the rep up, but that's at least for me how it is when it comes to training. It's just discipline. And I mean, recently um, my coach tore me a new asshole because um, I wasn't meeting the standard that, you know, he holds to his clients and I 100% admit it, but it was because I was relying on motivation for me to do cardio and I just never did cardio for a whole week. And, um, I was just like, you know what, it's whatever. I just got off my honeymoon. It's not really going to affect me, but he's like, dude, I could tell that you didn't like do any cardio. You didn't lose any weight or anything. So you need to get back on it. So I just got disciplined and just, just did it. You know, you just need to do stuff, um, when it comes to fitness especially especially in the bodybuilding world like there's so much shit that you don't want to do um you don't like fucking food for instance nobody like if you actually enjoy bodybuilding food i feel like there's a problem like you have a problem <laughs> like you can make food enjoyable you can find seasonings that you like and stuff like that but like to say that you love eating oatmeal chicken and rice and like broccoli and shit every single day and just that every single day then I mean, I think that you're just not living life to its fullest potential. <laughs> like if I didn't have to eat for bodybuilding, I would just like, I'd eat so much spaghetti and shit. And like, it'd be, it'd be completely different than what I eat now. Well, I, I think, I think you're allowed to enjoy the chicken rice, you know, oatmeal yeah. broccoli combo, but I think it's more so not missing the other foods so much is more yes. so what I okay, think. Fair enough. The... Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, like you can, like I said, I, uh, you can make it yeah. enjoyable, but to only ever want that and not want anything else, like not want a cheat meal or refeed or something like that to treat yourself, that's wild to me. Because some people are like, oh, I never, I never want anything. And I always stuck to the meal plan and ate like a bird. And I'm like, just like, dude, you got like, you, you're just weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to. You got to have that level of discipline, though, to even be able to do something like that, because um like for example when i'm in the school and teaching and kids will see me walk by with my lunch they're like oh hey mr no what you got what you got for lunch today and i was like you don't even have to ask that question like you know what i have right here <laughs> it doesn't change what is it uh i do uh, a cup of uh white rice i do uh it's tough to know exactly how many ounces but it's probably between five and eight ounces of uh cut up chicken and i use a uh my, my whole seasoning thing is a thing within itself um but essentially i make it into a 
spiced uh, buffalo chicken. Um, mm-hmm. And then I do a half cup of corn and a half cup of broccoli. And that's just inside of the one container. And then I do a uh, <clears throat> Oiko's uh, triple protein, whatever those things are called, the miniature yogurt things. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I do <laughs> a protein bar, uh, Nature Valley. I do uh, yogurt-covered fruit. Um, I have <laughs> and then just some drink. Um, but that's generally what my lunches look like. I like how you uh, said yogurt-covered fruit instead of fruit on well, yogurt. I mean, I, so you well, prioritize no, 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 the fruit, it sounds like. You, you buy the, it's it's individual packets oh, of tiny little uh, yeah the dried the dried yogurt yes, on the yes. okay I got you I was gonna say like it sounds like you prioritize the fruit <laughs> and put a little bit of yogurt on the top usually it's the other I, way around you have the yogurt and you put a little bit of fruit in it <laughs> I take I take a handful of of blueberries and just stick my hand in a yogurt jar <laughs> yeah you do you do one tablespoon of yogurt on a bunch of blueberries <laughs> and strawberries just a little bit just a white coating over everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's what it sounded um, like. But I think I think you also made a really really awesome point um, about because when I when I said discipline I'm I said it as discipline being um, you know you trained yourself to every day be doing this or every hour, like at whatever hour be doing this like your body just is like trained to do it but you said like when you uh, were caught lacking on your cardio thing you were disciplined. And I hadn't even made that connection well, about how discipline is also, you know, linked to being disciplined. And, well, okay. Um, I wasn't, I didn't mean it in that way. Like I wasn't like well, disciplined yeah, you by coach. You weren't He's, beat by a two by four, but. Yeah, no, no, no. Like he, like I wasn't disciplined in that sense. I became disciplined to, like I disciplined myself in my head in order to become disciplined on cardio. I guess that's kind of like a, like it has a double meaning, but like he didn't discipline me. I mean, like I had to become disciplined in order to stay consistent with my cardio. So okay. that's what I meant by that. But there is that other definition of discipline, which is like disciplining your kid for doing something wrong or whatever. You know, like that would be another word for discipline. I mean, you could do you could do something like that. I was know, I was gonna say you you do like we all as gym bros like discipline ourselves like that. Like when I, like you were saying, like you very rarely like want to go to the gym. And so you rely on that discipline thing. And if yeah. you catch yourself, like, let's say, for example, I'm just going to throw a number out there, but let's say, for example, every you're, you're disciplined to go to the gym every day at like 7 PM, let's say, mm-hmm. and let's say you get to like seven 30 and you're still not in the gym. Your mental side is going to take over and be like, all right, listen, you fat fuck. It's time to go to the gym. And At least you uh, should. Yeah, and that's when you know if you have that discipline level or not. Yeah, because if you're not like intrinsically telling yourself that, like, if you reach that time frame and you're like not in the gym, and if you're not intrinsically getting that push from yourself, that means you don't have that discipline level yet. Yeah, you can like there's there's a video I forget who it was that was speaking. Um, it was one of the motivational videos. It was talking about food and. Um, it, it might've been Seth Ferrosi. I forget who it was, but, um, he like the way he was talking was like, um, he was almost talking to his weaker self as a separate thing. So like, he was like, um, if you cheat on your meal plan, you just gotta like, 
or like you cheat on your food or something like that, you have a binge moment or something. You just need to like sit back and be like, like, listen, you piece of shit. Like this is, this is what you did to me. So this is now what I'm going to do to you. And then you go into the gym and you need to hit it harder to burn that extra calories, you know? So like, that's kind of what he was, you know, the way he looked at it was like that, that weaker side, that side that cheated on the meal plan and stuff that was, um, like a separate person from him. He's like, look, this is, this is like what you deserve now. Like you, like he's kind of punishing that side of him, um, with the harder side. Um, but then again, we also like the, the discipline in bodybuilding specifically is a whole nother ball game than most disciplines on in really any other sport. Um, because you know, there's like, Oh, like, Oh, I have a, like, there's also the term for discipline. Like you have a specific, um, niche as part of a sport. Like, um, I can even think like, I can picture it. It's like, let's say you're like, okay, so like MMA, right. You have MMA, but your, your discipline is mainly, let's say jujitsu. Right. So like, that's mm. what I'm trying to talk about in that sense. But like the discipline you need in bodybuilding, a lot of bodybuilders and a lot of people who are in the fitness industry will argue bodybuilding is one of the hardest sports mentally because of the discipline that's required. Um, especially in the food world. I'm not saying that other sports are harder physically or har not harder mentally, but, um, you need to stick to such a rigid meal plan and such a rigid training, um, you know, rigid training regimen and food regimen that you need to live and breathe the, the sport 24 seven, especially when you're prepping for a show. Um, you know, I can only imagine what guys are going through that do a show once every couple of weeks for a, an extended period of time. I mean, my coach has been doing shows consistently for like, he's done like four shows in like two or three months. Like I can only imagine like the discipline he has needed over the past like four to six months just to make sure he's dialed into these shows because you you need to stay on top of your food. You need to stay on top of your your water. You need to stay on top of the vitamins and supplements you're taking. You need to make sure that you're eating all of that the exact same time every single day. You need to make sure that you're training the exact same time every single day. You need to make sure that whatever you're doing in training isn't going to inflame, especially really close to the uh, show. Like let's say you're within a week out from the show. You need to make sure that whatever you're training is not going to be inflaming um, your muscles and you're not going to be sore because you don't want to be going into – um, the show sore and inflamed and red from training. Uh, you need to make sure that whatever protocol your anabolics are, you need to be on top of that because if you're not on top of that, you're going to fuck your entire hormone system because some of these, you know, drugs you could be taking pre pre contest are insanely, um, toxic in a sense, in a sense, like you, like even like just the, the, one of the worst you could take is like halo testin. You take it about two weeks out from the show for about two weeks, roughly. Um, or, I think it is, you take it for about two weeks. I think it's like week three up to week one or something like that. And if you don't, if you fuck that up, you're going to like, first of all, you're going to be angry all the time. But if you fuck that up, you're really going to fuck up your entire mental stability. But it's like all of this stuff you need to stay disciplined on. Um, there's a podcast episode my coach was on that he runs and he he was asked that like, how, how do you stay on top of your vitamins and supplements and stuff like that? And he had to set timers just to make sure that he hit every single bit of vitamins supplements because you, you're eating so many different vitamins and supplements just to make sure you get your micronutrients and um, everything preventative and everything to just support your overall health. You need to stay on top of it. And that's entirely disciplined. I would be surprised at any point if he was ever motivated. Um, 
to do any of this besides like stepping on stage like that's just exciting but like besides that like it's entirely disciplined you just need to stay disciplined so that's what the bodybuilding world is like um and like people who are going from a lifestyle kind of training and food regimen to a bodybuilding food regimen almost can never handle it because you're going so like for instance there's coaches there's when it comes to like male coaches there's usually two types of coaches there's in the bodybuilding world coaches whether that's men's physique men's open hypertrophy for shows like prep coach stuff like that posing coach and then there's also lifestyle coaches lifestyle coaches kind of help you get to where you want to physically look and then just kind of help you maintain that that's their goal so you want to live a good lifestyle and be healthy and look good like just a general look good. You're not going to be diced to the gills like bodybuilders pre-show or something like that, but you're going to look good. You will have visible abs. You'll probably have some vascularity and you'll maintain that while also balancing with good food. So like they'll be having like a cheat meal, you know, once a month, once a week, and then maybe like some snacks here and there and like normal food kind of variations each day, stuff like that. But I know plenty of guys, I've talked to plenty of guys who went from that lifestyle and they're like, oh, let me try bodybuilding. I kind of want to step on stage. Then they start talking to a bodybuilding coach. They get their meal plan. They can't stick to it for more than a month because they're not used to that dialed in discipline that you need to hit every single mark. Um, and in a sense, you talk to any bodybuilder, chances are you kind of have to be a little crazy in order to stick to this shit. Like you have to be wild. Um, you know, eating. I'm, I'm not going to say wild. I'm going to say you have to be driven. Yeah, because definitely it's, driven. It's, it's a different mentality than anywhere else yeah definitely definitely but like you you talk to a lot of bodybuilders and you have to sometimes you have to be kind of crazy in order to to train the way that we do i mean um you know a few weeks ago i i think i talked to you about it christoph um i ended up puking during a leg day um yep. i ended up figuring out the issue why i was getting so nauseous during leg training is because my pre-workout had alpha yohimbine in it and my body just doesn't agree with it but um I ended up puking. And then when I was done, I came back and kept lifting, you know, like you kind of have to be fucking crazy in order to do that shit. Like normally what I would do is if I'm super nauseous, um, I'll just stop training. Uh, cause I don't want to throw up and I don't want to ruin my workout, but like it was actually beneficial for me that day to throw up because I just knew I was going to, I was already past that point. Um, so like you kind of have to be a little crazy in order to, to throw up, be unfazed and just go right back to lifting two seconds later. Um, well, that's like, that's like if you split your hand on a, like a deadlift, like the bar coming off and ripping off a callus or something like that. And then going, all right, let's do another set. <laughs> yeah. Just going right back to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't want to like, um, if you're going through an injury, you know, if pushing through, don't do that shit. But like, um, if you're not really affected, actually like physically affected by whatever you just went through, then we just keep going. Um, so, you know, that it, it does take kind of like a weird sense of in insanity in order to to do this shit and like like i talk about like my water cut that i've like i did one water cut so far but um just to test out how my body reacted to it but like what a water cut actually entails like even just to do a water cut you have to be fucking crazy um like to to get all the water out of your system prior to a show is also crazy um not to mention that the amount of cardio and food and stuff like that you're doing and this is also not to even mention like growth phases and like blasts where you actually eat a lot of food um because force feeding is also a whole nother ball game which i'm sure you're familiar with christoph um being on the fast metabolism side 
that you are, you're going to need to probably force feed in order to actually put on weight. Um, I'm kind of in the middle where I don't necessarily need to force feed, but I'm also extremely carb sensitive. So I, I you know, we all got our shit that we need to deal with, but um, force feeding is also another thing that you have to be like fucking crazy to do where you eat so much, you feel like you're going to throw up and you just keep eating. Like you, you're going to say that, <laughs> that, yeah. that, that side of things from, uh, I consider myself in the, I mean, obviously, the like you mentioned, the lifestyle side, like upper yeah. echelon of that, just from my discipline and, and mentality and everything. But yeah, the amount that I have to eat to counteract my metabolism to, you know, put to push my hypertrophy and all that is absurd. And some of the people that I talk to and, you know, ask me about what my meal looks like, what my meal prep looks like, what my diet looks like, it's such like... I don't know. The reactions I get are just so fucking funny. Like mm -hmm. when I, especially when I was at planet because planet, you get people who, you know, are in the gym, but they're not like the, the super intense folk like me or, or, I mean, the even more intense like you, but I'm um, knowledgeable too. A lot of them don't know. Yeah. Be but they're be beginners. Yes. Yes. Great yep. way of putting it. Um, but when I say you have to cut unnatural sugars, they're like, mm -hmm. what? What? I, I, I can't eat candy? And I was like, it is the toughest thing in the world for me to go buy my groceries and walk by the stand of all Little Debbie's snacks, look mm -hmm. at it and say, I can't eat any of that. Even on a cheat day, I can't eat that stuff. And um, that that in itself is a big, big step for anybody who's just in like, oh, I work out like that. That is huge. And then, I mean, we already mentioned a little bit like my everyday lunch, like the same thing over and over and over again. And there people also are like, wow, that like, I can't see myself doing that. And that you got, you do have to be crazy for this stuff. Cause like we have goals in mind, like I, I have goals of what I want my body to be. And I am so driven to accomplish those goals that I will do what it takes. And that can be tough. That can be tough mentally. That can be tough physically. That can be tough just all around. And the diet is just insane. And then <laughs> my favorite thing on this point is I have <clears throat> every day in school, I don't know why it is, but the kids will ask me like, hey, Miss um, Noel, like, what did you have for dinner? And I just respond, which one? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we don't uh, have breakfast lunch or dinner we have i have meals one through six <laughs> yeah i was and that's literally what it is they're like um how many options do we have and i'm like three three every day pick one <laughs> yeah exactly. and they're like and, and the one that always gets them is uh my post gym meal which my post gym meal for me is the toughest because it's what i eat right before bed and it's after i've eaten everything else that day and i just can't pack anything more into me and mm -hmm. i have half a dozen eggs with a can of tuna it's like a 50 gram of protein like meal like it's absurd how much is in it and it's terrible to eat at the end of the day because one you have that tuna taste in your mouth as you go to bed uh two it just you feel weird after eating all that and you're right like if you are on the fast metal metabolism side of things you have to put yourself in a position to feel like you're throwing up every single day because of how much you eat Mm -hmm. Like that. And so you, you, if you're not like tapped out, like, like mentally, if you're not checked out, you're probably not going to be able to attain the goals that, you know, Paul and I might be driven for. Obviously Paul's in a completely different world than me, but, um, 
yeah, even from my side of things, I, I'm I'm tapped. I can I can I can admit to that. <laughs> yeah, and I, like it's funny too because you'll be like you'll be like, hey, uh, not on not that often anymore, but like especially in the beginning, you'd be like. Hey, uh, I need to put on more weight. Any recommendations, stuff like that? I'm like, eat, eat more. more. <laughs> and you're like, what? I can't eat more. I'm like, you can eat more. I'm like, you just need to eat more. That's that's it. That's it. You just train and yep. you eat more. Uh, you just eat, eat, eat. And then you'd like, like, send me photos of your food. I'm like, where's the carbs? Where's the carbs? Yep. What are you eating for carbs? Where, like, yep. you gotta like really stuff that shit. Like when I, the last I time I was really putting on weight on purpose was like, um. On purpose, I mean, like not putting on water weight or anything like that. Putting on like muscle. Um, mm. My, like, I would have like at least three cups of rice a day. Um, where now my rice, trying to like slowly lean out, my rice is about two point four ounces per day, which is like maybe half a cup. Um, so it's like when you're when you're putting on weight, you need to just eat, 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 and eat more. And if you think you need to eat more. Or you don't think you need to eat more? Then eat more. You just need I've gotten to... into the habit of uh, ever since we've been talking about the carb thing that you've you've sent me because like I, I like to send you my different meals that I cook. I get yeah. into the habit of uh, there's a bakery at Market Basket. I buy a loaf of bread every day and I <laughs> I eat the whole loaf of bread. That's right. you don't need that. You don't don't eat bread. But... <laughs> I mean it's it's carbs. It's it's packed, man. So, <laughs> oh jeez, but that's that's the thing though. Like, eat more. Like, you're right. When when I would get that text, I don't. I'd almost get frustrated because I'm like, motherfucker, I can't eat more. But then I started to realize that my discipline factor at different points in the day wasn't where it, where it should be. So, for example, my lunch, I crush lunch. That's my best meal of the day because I first I do my meal prep and it's always in one like in my lunchbox as I take to the to work or whatever. And I know what I'm making, what I'm eating, everything down to like down to the last like dot. And so for lunch, I crush lunch. I know everything that's going in. But when it comes to breakfast, breakfast, I have no discipline in, which is what I've been working on, because I realized when you said eat more and I looked at what my meals, my meal structure was throughout the day. I was packing five meals in between the hours of noon and probably around midnight. And I was just missing that in first entire five, six hours of the day. Yeah. And so that's when, at least for me, like I started working on um, waking up earlier. And when I wake up, getting up right away and cooking and getting something in my body and something other than just a protein bar because that's what I had been doing for breakfast and like getting something more than that because I wasn't disciplined for that first half of the day. And that's right when your body wakes up, like your body needs something to get it like driving throughout the day. And so I was more or less putting myself in a self detriment by not, you know, taking care of myself in the morning the way I should. So eating more, <laughs> it's a fun little uh, situation, but you know, if you actually analyze your day, like if you're someone with the high metabolism and you need to be on weight gain like I am for, for whatever goal you have, or if it's an actual health reason you need to be on weight gain, mm -hmm. take a look at your meal structure throughout the day and figure out where you're missing. Because you heard Paul talk about earlier how his coach was even setting timers for taking you know his different supplements and making meals and yeah. all that stuff. And if you structure out your day and you realize like I did, how I had like a five, six hour just gap. I mean, you kind of figured out your problem there. Yeah. 
And that's what I tell people too is like I'd be like, um, your most important meals, I argue, are breakfast and then post training. Um, that's what I argue mm-hmm. are the most important. Um, so when I'm like, you, you just make sure you have a good breakfast and then space out the rest of your meals throughout the day. And people will be like, oh, I don't eat breakfast. I'd be like, tough shit. You're eating it now. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the reality. Like, I didn't eat breakfast prior to um, starting with a coach. I don't remember if it was my first coach or my coach now, but um, I didn't eat breakfast. And then it just was, here's meal one. You need to eat this when you wake up. Okay. Sounds good. Then you just eat it. You, you It sucks at first because I used to get nauseous if I'd eat before noon because I wasn't used to that. Yep. But then you, you got to kick that out of your system. It only takes like fucking a week, if that. So you just got to kick that out of your system and then you're good to go. Now, whenever I wake up, if I don't eat within like 15 minutes of waking up, my stomach's growling. I'm ready to eat. And even then, my That's breakfast isn't even that big. And it's because your body's trained for it too. Yeah, exactly. I'm so used to it and my body's craving it because when you sleep, I argue breakfast is one of the most important meals because when you sleep, that's when you do most of your recovery um, from training and just from the previous day, especially muscle recovery from training. So um, that's why I say you need to eat right when you wake up. Uh, So my body's hungry when I wake up because I am depleted from recovery from the previous night. Um, so for me, my breakfast right now is one slice of Ezekiel bread, one egg, and 200 milliliters of egg whites, which I just drink, which people call me crazy, but it's just so much easier than fucking cooking it. So I just I just do hard boiled eggs and then I cut the egg into slices, put it on the Ezekiel bread as toast, and then I just drink the egg whites. Bro, do you dry scoop your, your pre-workout? <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, We're, we've already talked about that. I don't even want to think about that shit. But yeah, I drink my egg whites, and I'll send it to people, and they'll be gagging and shit. But it's like, it to me, I'm just so used I've, to I've it. I've drank full eggs before. Yeah, I mean, I can. I've never, do, I've never done that just because I've never needed to. Um, I mean, the past couple of years, I haven't had more than like maybe two eggs in one sitting. Um, but previous, my previous coach, I had like five eggs in one sitting at once. Um, granted, I cook it though. I do over easy and I just cook all of them in one pan. But um, right now, just the one egg, I just hard boil them at once. I have this like little hard boiled egg cooker thing. I just like mm-hmm. cooked six of them and then I just peel them. And then every day I have one egg in the morning and one egg in the evening and I'll just eat the hard boiled egg. It's just so much easier because it's just ready to go and good to go and um, but like, that's my breakfast right now. And even though it's so small, I still crave it. And then I'll eat about two hours later at like 1130 ish noon, give or take. Um, and I'll eat that meal is just three ounces of sweet potato and, um, six ounces of chicken. But yeah, you got to stay disciplined with it. Cause it's like when it comes to food, especially, um, it just comes down to like tough shit, dude. Like there's like when you're like, when I tell you to eat more and you're like, I can't possibly eat more. <laughs> I'm like, Tough shit. You're, you you got to eat more, dude. Like this is just the reality. Um, That's where uh, shakes and and different drinking options come into play, though. And yes, I, yes I, I, no. I don't want I don't want to dive too deep into it though, just because we're going to do a whole nutrition yeah. and diet episode. So yeah. I'm not going to touch too deeply into it. Um, but yeah, the <laughs> tough shit. Eat more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like there is a video. We'll talk about this more, but shakes is just it, it can be one way of getting food into your system if you're not able to get it from Whole Foods. And we've talked about that plenty of times. I always promote Whole Foods over protein powders. 
um, all day. Uh, so if you can get the whole food in, then just do the whole food. You don't need protein powder. It's a supplement. It's a supplement. I was going to say, I don't, I actually haven't had protein powder in arguably close, close to a month now. Just Yeah, I haven't had it in a few months. My diet's been just, I've peaked it at such a good place that I just, I, I know all my levels like, oh, yeah. We're, we'll talk again. We'll talk more about track your food. My goodness, that builds the discipline. Like get get that get a little app. Like it's so easy to do. But okay, <laughs> we we don't want to touch too much yeah. on on diet. But um, looping back to how motivation hits us in the gym. Um, I I had referenced uh, that meme where it's like step one to being uh to being successful in the gym, not being happy. <laughs> um. For me, that's that's huge for me. Like I I understand that I come from a side of things where I battle mental health uh, situations. So with my depression and my anxiety, so I just have naturally higher levels of. I'm just gonna loop all that into what I call sad vibes. So I have just <laughs> I just have a list of things in my head that I can tap into whenever I need something in the gym. Um, like my old friend exactly yeah exactly (laughs) um like for example that uh deadlift pr that i that i shot you uh Mm -hmm. the other day that the video starts when i am trying to get the weight up but the for probably 10 seconds prior to the video starting i had yurg my workout partner just yelling at me like because that night I had gotten ghosted <laughs> and he was just yelling at me about things she could be doing instead of being at the gym with me. And I just, I mean, she you can just see right now in her bed, bro. But she's probably spooning. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's big spooning. And <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, not the big spoon. I want to be a little spoon. <laughs> I'm six, four. I want to have a little jet pack. <laughs> Me but, little uh, spoon. But that that kind of stuff is m- motivation that I use to tap into. So yeah. I know, at least just from having conversed with many of our listeners and me knowing the people as individuals, I know that this is going to resonate with a lot of people. But it's okay. It is actually healthy to have your, again, I'm going to loop it into one big category, category of sad vibes it's okay to have those when you go to the gym because outside of going to an actual like like licensed therapist the gym is probably the most productive and healthy way to work through those emotions because you're able to get yourself to a point of clarity because you're straining your body so much and you're able to actually think about different things and start to work through it so bring all the sad vibes to the gym because that kind of stuff is just a true motivator right there um and I mentioned the the PR, the deadlift PR that I just uh, did this past week, but um, about how it was tied to women. But for men, that's that. <laughs> I don't know if if you experience. I mean, obviously you're 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 wifed up now, Paul. But mm-hmm. prior to it, prior to you know your long lasting relationship, like being a single dude and working through the the. I know we we've talked we've talked separately about this about how fucked it is but to be a single dude working through the just awful setting that is modern dating today we get into such low places very easily because of that because 
or a guide. I mean, at least myself, I'm very heavily influenced by um, how a gal reacts or how my dating life is going or something like that. So that kind of stuff just becomes a true motivator because whether it was this time when I got ghosted, I had my training partner yelling at me about it. Or if let's say I go through a breakup, when, when I had a breakup a couple, I mean, actually it was a year ago now uh, that absolutely devastated me. First place I went after, you know, taking care of my recovery side of things. First thing I did was just go to the gym and that uh, I pushed some serious weight during that <laughs> the months that followed because the negative emotions make you uh, my opinion of course anecdotally um for myself but i'm able to reach entirely new levels of um workout sustainability when i'm sad or depressed or something like that yeah i mean um for those that are really close to me they'll know I mean, at this point, fucking everybody knows, but, um, I've had some falling out to some family members and some close friends, stuff like that over the past, like six months, like six months ago, me now, I have a whole different group of people essentially. Um, so going through losing those people was for me, at least a little bit of motivation, especially once it like kicked in. Cause when you have someone that you talk to all the time in your life and then all of a sudden they're not in your life anymore. It kind of takes a little while for it to kick in. And when it does kick in, I mean, anybody who's gone through a breakup, it'll, it, it, it'd be kind of like that. Um, you know, you do, you just kind of, you're used to something and then you become unused to it again. And you're like, okay, I'm fine. But then like a few weeks down the road, it like really kicks in like how different your life is. Um, so that kicked in for me one day, I ended up having a good workout because of that. Like, cause I was going through that mentally. So I was like, all right, let me just try to like kind of push this into the weights and trying to blow off that steam. I mean, for me, um, a lot of like, especially whenever I'm on any sort of like heavy amount of anabolics, like training really blows off all of my steam. So um, all that anger gets channeled into the iron. Uh, and that's what happened for me that day, at least. And it was a pretty good session. I mean, if like, obviously you don't want to have to have those things, like you don't want to have to have hate or pain or anything like that to channel into the gym. But if you happen to have it, God forbid, then it could be, it could definitely be a motivator. That's for sure. Um, most of the time for me, it's just discipline. It's just going in there and doing what I need to do. Um, I'm almost never excited really for the gym anymore. I used to be, um, I guess I well, Okay. That, at the same time, it also depends on whatever I'm doing. Um, cause like I've talked about before, like certain anabolics will give you a euphoric effect and make you kind of like actually happy. That's when I get motivated to go to the gym. I actually feel motivated because of how my brain is affected. But like right now, just maintaining and just slowly losing and just being on TRT and just being relatively normal for the most part. Um, I'm not motivated. So, um, for me, it's just, I'm so used to the extreme side of things that when I am not as part of the extreme side of things, I'm not motivated to go to the gym. Um, but that's just, that's my own issues. And that's bodybuilders issues. You know, you talk to any bodybuilder, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Like when you're just normal, you just feel normal. Like there's nothing really exciting. Um, I mean, even prepping for like, I've never prepped for a show. I will be soon in about within the next six months. So I'll be starting to prep probably. Um, but when you're going through enough changes to where you can actually see, like, cause like I've leaned out and I've also gone through phases where you see changes every single day. When you go through something like that, 
it does get motivating because you wake up and you almost see like a different version of yourself than you did the day before, especially when you're in the gym. Like, cause when you, when you structure your workouts to like hit a certain muscle on a certain day. So like for me, every every Sunday is chest. It used to be legs, but it's been chest for the longest time now. Um, every Sunday is chest. So every Sunday I always take, or every single day I'm in the gym, I, I almost every single day I take photos in the locker room to kind of judge where I'm at. And if I'm going through a lot of changes, whether that's growing size or leaning out from week to week, I can genuinely see the difference um, when I'm going through either a serious growth phase or a cutting phase. So that's also a motivator as well. Um, but you need to you need to find these different motivators motivators if you can and exploit the shit out of them. Um, but for me, I mean, I've been doing it like for at least long enough now to be like, I don't really have that many motivators anymore. Like it's just, I just got to do what I got to do um, and stick to it. I mean, there's so many things I'd rather be doing most of the time than going to the gym. Um, but at the same time, I just need to do it. I just got to go to the gym and it's not a, a question of whether or not I'm going to go. It's just simply, oh, I'm going. Like it's, you just can't look at it like, because people ask me like, how do you do it? I'm just like, you just fucking do it. You just do it. Like there's no easy way of doing it. You just have to do it. Um, and like, I'm not like, oh, I, am I going to go to the gym later? Or am I going to do it? Go do this? Because when you get into that mentality, that's when you start falling off. Like that was me with cardio. I'm like, uh, am I going to go do cardio? I don't really feel like it. I don't know. I don't really need to do it. Like I kind of went through, I gained a lot of weight. I think just training is going to be fine. I'm not motivated to do it. And then I started forgetting to do cardio entirely, but like training, I'm always doing like, I'm always training. The only time I didn't train was when I was on my honeymoon, but that was part of like being oh, you were, my body. You're, you're training in a different way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we're doing more cardio. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I wasn't training during honeymoon and that was part of it. But like now it's like, now that I'm, I've been back obviously for over a month, but like, or about a month now, but like you just. You just go do it. You just go train. You just go do it. So that's at least my route that I take for motivation is just doing it. I think you brought up a motivator that I hadn't even thought about when I was thinking about this topic, but progress picks, because yeah. you brought up uh, seeing yourself, you like seeing week to week uh, changes. And that might, for the, for the, average fitness person like if you're if you're in a stage where i am or if you're even lesser than this and you're just in like you know going to the gym casually like you're not going to see the week-to-week differences like paul sees that because of you know everything he just mentioned but um for me i this actually brings up a really interesting story um we in my friend group recently got another um member of the friend group in the gym and like serious about the gym shout out dicky um <laughs> yeah but we had a conversation he, as well. he, yeah he comes from a very very similar situation from me where we've been skinny our whole lives and our metabolism just you know eats away everything so we me and him talk a lot about our different gym progressions which is great because um not that i have you know i'm not gonna say the the sage mindset but I can see myself a lot within where like his beginning right now. And so I get to talk a lot about my things with him and kind of help inform where I can for different um, gym situations. And uh, the very, one of the very first nights that we talked to me and him, 
he asked me for uh, proof of my progress. And uh, for a skinny dude, that could be real tough. Um, and so I sent a picture of me like back in high school or something like that. And, you know, I was a twig in high school. I was athletic, but I was a twig. And he was like, no, no, no. So show me like day one in, in the gym. And so uh, I don't know how I like I was so lucky that I was, you know, confident enough to take pictures back then. But I was looking at it and I had a picture that I had with me and Hamill from God. What's the timestamp on this? July 14th of 2021. So year and a half ago. Yeah, year and a half. And my chest is there's no definition like they're like uh, i struggle with chest even now but i have you know some definition there's no veins in my shoulder to my biceps and i have some fucking veins now there's no oblique definition like nothing like that and me just having to send that to uh dicky during this time helped me realize where i came from and mm -hmm. it's it, we see changes in ourselves far less than other people see changes. And of course, mm -hmm. as soon as I sent this picture, I got, you know, a level of hype from him and I hyped up his pictures too. But like actually seeing it for myself and being able to take a look. So I took, I compared that picture to, um, I sent you, uh, I think two weeks ago, I had some professional pictures done. Um, and yeah. I was able to, compare those and granted it wasn't the same pose but you can see such a change and yep. i was like son of a bitch like year and a half of going like balls to the wall hard like i've been doing and i still i mean we i'll, I'll unpack this one in a little bit with my borderline uh body dysmorphia i know we've talked about it in the past but we'll i'm gonna unpack it a little bit more today for the motivation side of things but i never view myself in a positive light when i'm thinking about my body and my gains and so to have this situation where i sent him this picture from a year and a half ago and then a picture from now that became such a motivator within itself and i was actually like energized to go to the gym i know you talk about not wanting to go to the gym um i certainly reach those days but for like a week after sending that picture, those two pictures to him, I was like so absolutely energized to be in the gym because it's it's a lot. I mean, we've I think we, I honestly think it was, we've said it every single episode, but it's a marathon, not a sprint, and um, that helped me reinforce that particular thought because there are days where I wake up and I tell myself I'm going to quit the gym because like that I don't think I'm seeing results. And, you know, it, like Paul said, it just, there's other things I could be doing during that time. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's a time investment. And there are just some days where I wake up and I tell myself today's the day I stop, but little moments like this, where I'm able to connect with another gym bro and have that, you know, pre and post picture type situation. Like, that is such a motivator. So I think that's a huge thing for people to do. Like Noel Diesel, I'm mispronouncing his name. Uh, it's Noel Diesel. Diesel. There we go. Or Noel, um, Noel Diesel. Yeah, I've, last name. yeah. Well, I always struggle if it's Noel or Noel because I don't know. 100%. I don't know. <laughs> but he he posted something where it says, "Don't be afraid to one take pictures and two post pictures." Because mm -hmm. that is something you'll use for a baseline measurement and also a stepping stone in your um, workout procedure. And 
that hadn't really resonated with me because I, I, I always take pictures. I'm a pretty confident dude. So I'm taking pictures. I'm even, I even have a tripod and I record and take pictures during sets and stuff like that. Like I'm a pretty confident dude and I do that stuff pretty, pretty regularly. But until I had this moment of clarity, sending this, these two pictures and being able to actually sit there and reflect, um, I hadn't realized just how much it could become a motivator. So I'm excited for a year from now when either if another gym friend needs advice, like for example, my brother is finally starting to get back in the gym um, and he's exactly how I am. He's a twig, but he's athletic. So I know that he's going to be able to really be able to see some results or not see results, be able able to uh, tap into that discipline level. Um, so in a year from now, I imagine I'm probably going to be in another situation where I get to send some pictures and I'm really looking forward to seeing what that looks like because mm-hmm. you're, you're able to use that as a motivator. Use your own body as a motivator with these progress picks. It's a really awesome thing to see. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I tell people is that like, I really need to, people come to me about that all the time and they're like, I just don't see any progress. I'm like, you do see the progress, you just don't see it because you're seeing it every day there is progress being made yeah you're not internalizing it yeah you're looking at yourself every single day and if you look at yourself in tiny little increments of time then you're never going to see any difference but if you reflect and look back retrospectively and build the like let's say like because like my coach will do it sometimes just randomly like i'll like i'll send him a weekly weigh-in and he'd be like this is you now this was you four months ago and it's like okay now i see the difference but every single week i don't feel like i really see that much of a difference um so like that's the problem that people face that they're like oh i don't see a difference really but i'm like okay but let's let's take a step back go back and look at photos of yourself from three months ago how do you look now versus you looking then and they're like okay now i see a difference exactly because you're looking at small tiny 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 incremental changes and like you're not unless you're on anabolics, you're not going to see daily changes. That's just reality. You're not going to see daily changes. You're going to see weekly and monthly changes. Um, that's why I say like in the bodybuilding world, you do like when you're bodybuilding, you do see daily changes. And that's a weird thing to see because you literally like, it's, it's the fucking weirdest feeling because you genuinely wake up and see the changes every single day and talk to anybody who's prepped for a show, like the week out, you wake up and literally see the fat fucking falling off you. Like you see less fat from one day to the next or less water from one day to the next. And you see the less weight on the scale. Like it's the weirdest thing. Um, and then at the same time, like another motivator too, which um, we haven't mentioned yet is keeping a logbook of your weights in the gym. Mm. Um, right now I haven't really been disciplined as far as keeping a logbook. I always keep a mental note of kind of where I'm at generally and then just trying to push myself with something new each week. But once I start my next growth phase in January, that's when I'll really start keeping a logbook and that'll keep you motivated as well or at least disciplined to increase your weight or reps each week. Um, so the way progressive overload ideally works is that you want to keep a logbook of what movements you do. You ideally want to do the same movements and same sets, same reps each week essentially. But what you want to do is Let's say like it doesn't need to be super complex. Let's say you're doing um, a ba- most exercises you should do like eight to t- eight to fourteen reps. I think is ideal. Your top your first set being fourteen, 
not to mention a warm up set. If you're doing a warm up set, do whatever. But let's say your first actual working set should be like failure around 14 reps. I, um, I would say probably around 12 for the average fitness goer. Obviously, yeah, I mean, it depends on what you're but, doing. I mean, for me, yeah. 14 works pretty well um, for a lot of stuff. But let's say 12. Okay, let's say 12. Your first set and your second set. So your first set should be like 12 failure. Your second set should be like 10 to 12 reps failure. Your third set is what's really going to matter. Your top set, in a sense, is going to what's matter for your progressive overloads. So this is what you need to be logging. This is what's going to keep you disciplined is let's say like you're doing like um, – let's say you're doing bench press, right? Let's say you're doing barbell bench press, even though you shouldn't be, but let's say you're doing barbell bench press. Um, you're doing, let's say your top set is, we'll just say for simplicity, we'll say 215. That's two plates. Your top set of our barbell bench is eight reps, right? Then after two weeks, all of a sudden your barbell bench of 225 or sorry, 215 is now, no, no, no that's 225 is two plates. So let's say 225 after two weeks is now 10 reps for that top set and you're failing at 10 reps, not really with like a spot or anything like you're, you're, let's say you're lifting alone and you get the 10th rep up. Now is when you move up in weight. So you either go up for me, I always recommend two and a half pounds. If you have two and a half pound plates at your gym, two and a half pounds on each side, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a, sh a shit ton. Um, mm -hmm, Cause that's five pounds each, every single time. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going up five pounds every week or two, then you're gonna fucking skyrocket in strength in a sense like like in a glow like in a macro sense not really though because you're gonna need to draw dial it back but like let's say two and a half pounds each side then you get to eight reps with that now you go up to 10 reps after a week or two once you hit 10 reps you add and you take the two and a half pound plates off each side and do five pounds each side so you just increase it by two and a half pounds on each side so five pounds total you just keep doing that until like you, you just keep doing that essentially. That's what progressive overload is. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously it's not going to stay consistent like that. You're going to go through phases where like, let's say you're cutting, you're going to go through phases when you're cutting, you're actually losing strength, which sucks, but you're going to see more definition in the, in the mirror. Um, so there's and a give and take. Your, you also have your drop weeks too, where you do burnout sets and shit like that yeah yeah if you have like shock weeks and stuff like that where you just yeah. kind of change up what you're doing but let's say like for consistency's sake um people are like oh that's not much increase or i should like because people try to jump these insane jumps like 15 20 pounds from each week it's like dude stop take a step back stay consistent because let's say in the grand scheme of things let's say you're adding just for easy numbers sake you're adding two pounds to your bench each week right that's just one pound each side after two weeks, that's like the two and a half pound weight roughly, right? Um, let's say every week you're adding a pound on each side. Um, after a year, all of a sudden, you've added essentially 100 pounds to your bench after a year, which is a plate each side. That's a shit ton because let's say you're in the gym for another two years. All of a sudden, you're essentially benching three plates from when you started. Granted, that's not exactly how it works. I'm just saying for simplicity's sake, this is what consistency does. This is what progressive overload does in, in, in the long term is that at first you're not going to feel like you're, you're getting much, but then in the grand scheme of things, when you look back at what weights you were lifting, you're gonna be like, holy shit, I actually put on some serious strength. And like, that's kind of my problem, right? Like that's what I'm trying to do right now. So like recently I'm like, oh man, I'm kind of feeling weak on TRT and stuff like that. But I remember looking back the peak of my first ever cycle, I barely got like six for 225 on incline bench. 
I'm like maxing out like six, maybe eight on like my strongest day. But like now eight for 225 is like pretty consistent. Like that's normal for me now on incline bench. So it's like, you got to look back at like what you've done in the past versus what you are now. And that can be definitely a motivator. So not only is it just looking at the photos and looking at where you're at physically, it's also the weight that you've been pushing over time and keeping that logbook. I mean, I even have a paper one now so that I can actually physically see it. Well, I, I think, uh, <clears throat> when we, I know for, uh, weight logs, at least, um, I remember mm-hmm. sending you a, uh, screenshot of, cause I keep a digital one. I'm pretty inconsistent. I do need to get better with it and more discipline, but, um, I remember sending you it and I had both morning and night. And you were like, bro, why are you taking morning and night? Like, you should just be doing um, morning after you wake up and everything. Like, that's like your your weight. Like, yeah. And so I was like, dude, it's gonna, your night weight is going to fluctuate so fucking much. I'm like, that's, <laughs> you're kind of just wasting your time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, that's where, and I kind of keep that now because uh, I do need to get more discipline with it. But, because certainly keeping that because that helps you understand where you come from too because imagine you uh a year or two from now maybe f- you've changed like paul just said he's switch he even has a paper one let's say you keep a paper journal and you forget about it and you switch digital and then one day you just find your paper journal after like a year of not using it yeah and then it's like shit look at my numbers then look at my numbers now even if they're not super different it's gonna tap into some nostalgia at the very least and that in itself can be a motivator and um but yeah the uh the the two and a half pound thing that uh the that that paul had referenced like that it it can i'm not gonna say it's embarrassing but it certainly takes a mental edge to be able as a guy let's say you're bench pressing to be able to put a two and a half pound plate on either side because those plates are tiny and yeah for a guy you think oh i'm a guy i'm going There's to all the ego shit. now yeah exactly and once like i i can like i certainly see where people come from when they say like or give me the look like oh my god that's such a tiny amount of weight but you need to this is where discipline comes back into play because if you have that discipline within the gym to get yourself to incrementally put on those two and a halves every week or every lift. Like for me, I hit chest twice a week. So on my second chest day is when I'm adding up the weight, the weight. Um, and so, uh, that you have to be able to get yourself to do that. Yeah. And that can be really difficult. Yeah. And that's also a difficult part of taking progress picks because so many people, combine progress picks with their ego because for example the most cliche i mean the two most cliche things for a guy it's your front double bicep and for the gals it's your uh side leg raise booty pump yeah that like leg kickback boot exactly yeah that like those those are the two cliche poses for each for each sex um Actually, each gender. We're going to make that. Um, yeah, we're the two and, genders. And, and we're getting shut down. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're going to get canceled. We're going to get canceled. <laughs> yeah, two genders. Uh, anyways, um, but when you have those two uh, poses for each respective gender, yeah. um, it can be tough to separate your posing and taking of that picture with 
your ego because as Paul said, you leave your ego at the door because that way you humble yourself and you get yourself to be able to like put those two and a half pound plates on. Um, but when you get to your posing picks, being able to not like, I don't know, for me, I struggle very heavily with this because I've always had an ego bomb, but I struggle to not look at myself like I'm a beast when I do a front double bicep. Like I, and I, I try my best to distance that, but that's something that you kind of need to be able to build as you go with your, with your ways of discipline within the gym. Um, I don't know if obviously the bodybuilding world can probably be a little bit different because you are comparing yourself to the greatest of all time. And yeah. so like, taking, so I, I feel like you probably don't have as much a problem leaving the ego out of those pictures. But for me, like from the fitness, like just the, the, I'm not going to say average Joe, cause I'm no longer an average Joe in the gym, but like just the general public, like I understand that I, I'm not, I might not be the biggest, but I certainly have a lot of definition and, ton and tone compared to other people in the gym that are not, you know, in the bodybuilding world. So it can be tough for me to not look around and be like, yeah, I'm tough shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's it can the, be tough for me to do that. So that's the ego side of things. And I think that, I mean, when you're in the gym, I mean, the, the endorphins and testosterone and all that is going to naturally build like a confidence in your system, but you, you, you learn over time how to properly like work with that. Um, cause there were times like I look back and I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Cause I used to think I was like tough shit in the gym and I'm like, I look like shit. And I was like, what the fuck mm. was I thinking? And like, it's you, but that's just growth. That's just genuine human growth. Like you're just going to grow over time and you're going to like, you're going to humble yourself over time by being like, okay, this is how I look now. Back then I thought I was tough shit and I look like that. What the hell is wrong with me? And that's going to kind of humble you. But so like, there's so many photos on my Instagram I have archived because I'm like looking back and I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, I thought I knew what I was talking about. I thought I knew what I was doing and I had no idea. Um, and that just kind of comes with experience that comes with just growing as a person. Um, and, and you, we see that nowadays, like we kind of, you know, the, the, the fitness industry kind of makes fun of like these teenagers and in quotations, broccoli heads, um, going to the gym and like, you taking say all that these... so much. <laughs> oh, it's true though. Like, it's so true. I fucking hate that hairstyle, but, um, they go into the gym and they take all these photos and like, there's this video I saw recently and it was like, um, it was a TikTok video and it was like the average broccoli head in the gym. He does bench press for like one rep gets up does a front double looks at another mirror checks his quads <laughs> he checks his quads does a quad flex even though he's apparently hitting bench goes back to his bench does a 360 just spins and then just gets down on the bench and i'm like if that ain't the truest shit because when you're a teenager you think like you know what you're talking about you think you know you have the world figured out and i mean i'm 24 and i know i don't got the world figured out and i know i'm gonna be five years from now i'm gonna look back and be like wow i thought i knew shit but I really didn't, but that's what this be, podcast is going to be great for. We're gonna yeah. We're going to look back. back. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we're going to look back and be like, wow, we thought we knew what we were talking about then, but, um, <laughs> <Couple idiots. laughs> yeah, a couple dumbasses, uh, mid 20 years old fucking bitches. Um, so yeah. So like, they'll like, they, it's tough because it's like, I want that. Like you want, I want to show them what to do, like, so that they know what they're doing, but also I'm not going to give unsolicited advice. And that just comes down to, um, 
ego too. Cause like, there's a lot of guys in the gym that try to give unsolicited advice and you're, mm-hmm. they just need to grow out of that. And that's kind of how, you know, you grow as a person too. I think a lot of kids like are like, Oh, let me show you how to lift in the gym and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you've only really been in there long enough to like, just barely know anything as far as like how your body works. So it's, it's going to come down. Like, obviously we kind of trailed off here from motivation to discipline, but um, yeah, it, the, you got to leave the ego at the door. And um, like there's phases, like you talk to anybody who is bodybuilding and you're going to go through phases where you feel confident, you feel strong, you feel like you look good. And there's times where you just, the body dysmorphia really kicks in and you just don't really feel like you look good at all. And granted in our world, we are comparing ourselves to the top 1% of the top 1%. So you're going to be comparing yourself to people who are just in extremely genetically gifted. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's tough because you're not comparing yourself to the average person. And if you compare yourself to the average person, most people who are consistent in the gym are going to be that like top few percent because really only like, I think it's like less than 8% of people actually go to the gym consistently or something like that. It hurts me. That's the, yeah, it's something like that. I mean, you need to do your daily exercise. You don't need to go to the gym to get exercise, but as far as like actual gym members and stuff like that, like the tally of gym members throughout the country in the U S I think it's like less than 8% of people consistently go for more than I think it's like three or more days a week, I think, um, is what they were calculating or something. So like, even if let's say you're the, like, you kind of think, okay, I'm at least on the better half of the gym whenever I'm in it, you can kind of figure statistically you're the top 4% of the general population in a sense, because te- usually when you go to the gym consistently, you're going to, the top, that 8% of people are most likely going to be in better shape than people, you know, or at least consistent consistent people who are in the gym are going to be in better shape than the general population um yes so if you say okay i'm I'm on the better half of those people then you're going to say okay i can kind of say i'm in the top four percent in a sense you know statistically so that's kind of where you got to start leaving your ego at the door but also we have that issue where we are also comparing ourselves to the top 1%, top 1%. So you could be like, oh man, I feel like I look like shit. I don't feel like I look good or anything. But then like, you're like, oh, like you compare yourself to the general population. If somebody was like, dude, you look fantastic. Like that's really impressive. Like that kind of puts things into perspective. Like um, I got excited the other day. I sent you a text because I hit 85 dumbbell, um, 85 pound dumbbells for shoulder press, which for Mm -hmm. me, I wanted more. I wanted at least eight out of nineties. But like, I remember back in the day, I could barely do, I could barely do nineties on incline bench dumbbells like a year ago, let alone shoulder press. Um, so for me, that's a big deal. Uh, but in the general population, I mean, I don't think that the general population could be, could be hitting 85s for, for seven or eight on shoulder press. Um, so you just kind of have to step back sometimes to just kind of look at the macro picture here and be like, where do I fit into the general population? And that could be also a motivator as well, because if you put in years into the gym, you're going to be in a better position than you were years ago. Um, and there was another thing I was going to add and I just fucking well, clicked on it before. Yeah. Before you hit that, you, you hit two things right there that should be unpacked more. Um, and I mentioned earlier, and I kind of want to get into it too, is how you can, uh, we, I, I have borderline. I wouldn't say I have true, but using body dysmorphia as a motivator in the gym, because when 
and when we say body dysmorphia, it's like having like a legitimate disgust in yourself when you uh, look at yourself. Yeah. Um, and I would mine's borderline. I'm not going to say it's full blown because it's not. I've read stories about the full blown ones. Oh, I've um, had it in the past. It's awful. Yeah, I'm reading about sebums back in the day. That that was absurd. But um, using that as a motivator in the gym is a big thing because. <sighs> I'm going to I'm going to approach this anecdotally from my side and then I'm curious to hear your side because we have two different beginnings uh yeah from our respective sides but for me the skinnier dude I was always athletic so I never had any doubt in my abilities but I had always self-doubt in my frame and how I looked mm-hmm. and for especially like let's take the basketball side of things like I've always I've always you know had my way because I'm taller and I can you know in, bas- in the basketball world, you don't always have to be the most, you know, yoked out of your mind. You just have to have that height or that natural athletic ability. But as I progressed through my playing years and when I started to play in college too, the guys that I played against were, they had my height. Like when you get to the college, like college side of things, let alone the NBA, six foot four is no longer tall. And so that kind of got removed out of my mindset and i started to focus more on frame and body and that's when i would look at myself and compare myself to people these people were my age or even younger because i mean i was kind of a late bloomer in college when it comes to when i got started playing so i was like 22 23 playing against 18 19 year olds who were just bigger than me and i would have that comparison then i would just look at myself like following a workout or following a game or something like that and just see myself as a failure in terms of what my body looks like and that of course is not real healthy i mean look into (laughs) if you want any any evidence of how unhealthy body dysmorphia is take a look at the mental health side of things from men who have body dysmorphia It, it, it it can get horrific but um me being able to nowadays tap into that when i'm in the gym like i'm able to look at myself from a very objective point of view um so i'll look at like let's say for example so yesterday i hit arms and i look at myself when i'm not doing a flex so i mean obviously i get real cocky when i do my front double bicep but when i'm doing when i'm just standing around or i'm mid set or something like that i see my arms as tiny little twigs that are just absolutely humiliating. And it makes me want to put on a sweatshirt and just work with my sweatshirt on. But um, that's a separate conversation. But for me, I'm, I'm looking at myself and I'm, I'm not happy at all with how I look. And, you know, it, I have my friend group and they reinforce like, come on, bro, you look great. Like, look at where you were, look at what you are now, or even like you like just in general, you look great, but none of that resonates with me nearly as much as when I just tell myself that I'm a little piece of shit. Like the, I don't know, I <laughs> video that lives rent free in my head is C-Bum saying skinny bitch. And uh, for me, like that, that just, bitch. Yeah, exactly. Like that lives <laughs> rent free in my head because with my borderline body dysmorphia, I am always going to view myself as this skinny little dude, even though. I know that my frame has widened. I've gotten bigger. Like I, I know that is the case, but I just cannot mentally wrap my head around that. 
And because of that, I, every day that I go in the gym, it's telling myself, all right, we're doing another day so that we're not going to be a skinny bitch. Like that, I, I tap into it very heavily because for me, that's, that skinny background just has always been there. And I've been around some athletes that have made it like, I mean, dude that I played, I never played football, but I played other sports with this guy. And now he's a tight end in the NFL. And I, the, the, the dude's a year younger than me and he's <laughs> a tight end in the NFL. And you're, I, I, I get to compare myself to him and that just makes my body dysmorphia go, Oh shit. And I don't know. For me, I use that heavily. It's all I can say confidently every single day. I have at least one moment in the gym where I look at myself with disgust. So I don't know if you have a similar side of things because um, I know you didn't have the the super skinny background that I had. Um, so you want to build into that? Yeah, I um, for me, it was I. I mean, starting is like really, really when I got serious in the gym, I my coach now kind of called it like skinny fat. It was like, I was like in the ballpark of like 193 in the ballpark around there. Um, and I didn't I had some muscle. I had a good foundation in the gym. I built up some strength, built up some muscle, but I also had a lot of fat around my muscles. So I didn't really have like any sort of like muscular build in any sense. Um, at least compared to now, I have no idea how it would have compared to the general population. Looking back, I have no idea, but that was where kind of where I started at and it was hard for me. It was like the biggest thing for me that I've, I always wanted at the time was abs. It was always having abs, it was abs, 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 because I never had them. I never grew up skinny. So I never got to have them because when you're skinny, um, any sort skinny of muscle, yep. yeah, any sort of muscle you build, it's going to show. So like skinny abs, you have that, like, even though you don't have like, not you specifically, but I'm saying like people who are skinny, yeah, trust um, me, I'm, I get it. I've had skinny abs before. Yes, yeah, so like when you're skinny and you build up a little bit of muscle, you're going to have abs in a sense. And to the untrained eye, essentially, it's just going to look like abs, no matter how dense or thick or how good the muscle bellies are or anything like that. So I just never had that. So my biggest thing when I started with my coach is like, look, I just really want abs. And then you get, I got to the point where I was just like used to having abs. And it was such a weird transition because I tell people that like I've talked about that before. With people, it's like at first I'm like, oh man, all I want is abs and I'd be happy. And I'd be happy in the gym and I'd be really content with where I'm at. And then all of a sudden I got abs and I just wanted more. And it's like, there's really, and then that's when I really got to like just accept the fact that like there I'm never gonna be fully satisfied. Like, and which sucks, but it's also in a blessing in a sense because I'm gonna keep trying to push myself in the gym for that reason. And like now, whenever, like, essentially when I flex my midsection, I can kind of see the top two or four. Granted, I put a lot of my fat, in my lower belly and hips. So it's hard for me to see my lower abs. But like you have, we all have our strengths as weaknesses. And the, the, the part, the problem that I used to have, I used to feel like complete shit because I didn't have abs. And like, that was my original real body dysmorphia, like issue with myself is that like I would genuinely feel like shit when I looked at someone with abs. Like I, like it wasn't like, cause like nowadays you see people who are like, Oh, that's not the representation of the general population. They shouldn't be in that limelight or whatever. Like they should not be in that. Like that's men not, should be submissive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That bullshit. Like, Oh, that's not the average. Like I, the way guys look at it 
or at least in at least in the gym is that like you have a goal you want to strive for and it's like i didn't feel like shit because somebody didn't look like me i felt like shit because i didn't look like them you know so like for me it was i didn't look like this guy so therefore i feel like i look like shit because i'm not at the level that he is so i want to get to that level um so for me that was the original motivation and that's kind of what i still strive for but at the same time you need to take a st- in bodybuilding world. You need to take take a step back, and you need to understand that there's going to be times where you don't have abs. There's going to be times where you don't have vascularity or definition and stuff like that. And you're going to go through those phases, especially coming people coming out of a show. It is so hard. Talk to anybody who's been in a bodybuilding show and like done really well. Ideally, um, there it is so hard to come out of a show and put on all that fat and get off anabolics and stuff like that because you're just so used to feeling crazy and looking crazy and just like feeling like you're tough shit to all of a sudden not looking good and not feeling good and like not looking like you're like stage ready it's such a weird transition for those guys um which i'll be experiencing next year but like going into a growth phase it's just you need to understand that like you're gonna lose some of that definition you're going to lose that fat and that's so hard mentally to see it literally go away um you know that happened to me in april may all was like granted it there's issues that i had to which i could probably talk about later on um in another session but like there's issues i had to um we had to address based off of something that i was taking uh which is part of the dangers of bodybuilding and like i gained about 10 pounds of water in like two weeks and like I literally went from having abs to not a single ounce of definition in my trunk. And that's such a hard thing to kind of go through mentally because you're so used to it. All of a sudden you just feel like crap. You never want to wear anything tight again. You don't want to wear stringers, stuff like that. Uh, but you you just, there's things you got to work with and everybody has their own issues that they got to work with. And you just need to understand that you're part of, uh, you know, a larger general population. There's going to be no one that's perfect. No one is perfect. Um, people will say, oh, Sebum is perfect and stuff like that. But it's like, you don't know what he goes through in the off season. All we ever see, believe it or not, is Joe like, stuff. yeah, exactly. Like he, like bodybuilders, especially in social media, they take so many photos and videos when they're show ready or stage ready and prepping and stuff like that. They still recycle those photos throughout the year. So they look crazy. But like Sebum, he says in a video, he says, right after the Olympia, I get off everything for six weeks. Anabolics, food, training. You, can, I can't even fucking begin to fathom how shitty he feels during that six weeks. Because he went from literally one of the best looks in the world, essentially. Like the like winning classic physique is, people argue right now, ha, is the best look. Overall, aesthetically, uh, overall, best look. So going from that to being completely off everything losing all your definition, not even training. Like I can even imagine like what he goes through mentally, but he doesn't talk about it because that's the side that he doesn't want to show people. So we all have these things that we go through that kind of makes it hard for us to look ourselves in a mirror. And you just need to understand that you're going to be going through that. Everybody goes through it. The best of the best is going to go through it. Um, so it's, it's tough. And especially if you lose that show, like I can't, like I haven't competed obviously yet, but I can only imagine like getting ready for a show and thinking you're going to win. And all of a sudden you lose, like, that's probably such a hard thing to go through, especially like, I mean, there's a whole political side of things in bodybuilding, which I won't even get into today, but um, you just need to know that like 
if you're comparing yourself to somebody else on stage, for instance, they could have just been that the better person that day. Not that they're the better person overall, but in that day, they're the better person. And when you're comparing yourself to social media, they're in a different place than you are. Like I'm looking at these guys who are like 30 years plus and looking good. And I want to look like that, but I'm like, at the same time, they're also six years, at least six years older than me. And I think in six years, I'll be in a completely different place than they're in. Um, you know, this one guy recently, um, enormous dude in the gym, just genetically gifted to have gigantic muscle bellies and just put on serious weight. He just want to show. And it's like, he's younger than me. He's like 22. And it's like, shit, I want to look like that. But at the same time, you know, th- there could be uh, like something else he's lacking in. Like, yeah, he might look great physically or something like that, but like every single person has their pros and cons to what they're trying to build. And, you know, he might have an issue with X, Y, and Z, but not ABC where I have issues with ABC, but not X, Y, Z. So you need to, everybody goes through this kind of stuff and that's what you need to kind of, you know, pull back and use as discipline or as motivation to improve that part of yourself. Um, but also look at the program too. If you're in the bodybuilding world or you have a meal plan or some sort of program that you're you're having a goal towards, right now my goal is just to have visible abs in January, which they're kind of getting there-ish, but not not exactly overnight. So that's my goal right now. That's what I'm striving for. Um, so you need to keep that in your mind and know that there's going to be a goal in the end. Or if like you're going through a growth phase, like you want to have like, let's say like your strength is like, okay, I want to have, I want to bench this within three months from this growth phase. Like that could be your goal or I want to weigh like my next growth phase. My goal is like, let's say I'm putting on weight. My next growth phase, I want to weigh like 215. Like if I can weigh 215 and still be relatively lean with visible abs, especially being on like going through a cycle, I, I feel like I'm going to look fucking gnarly. So that's what my goal is next growth phase I go through, depending on what it is. It might not be that long. It might not be long enough to hit 215, but you have to have this goal in your mind and then you work on that. I'll go to 215, build up some fat, maybe not have visible abs anymore. I have no idea. Then you work back and you start cutting it down and you have another goal. So you got to use those goals as motivation and discipline in order to achieve what you're going for. So the motivation might not be there, but the discipline has to be there in order to achieve these goals. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think another thing too, um, that you had mentioned earlier, uh, in regards to seeing the people around you, if you're able to, you know, distance yourself from the constant self-hatred, um, and see the people around you, you should use that as motivation, not as, you know, something to look down upon. So like for what I mean by that is like, for example, if I'm at the gym, there are plenty of dudes that are bigger than me. Um, that's no question whatsoever. I might, I might have better definition or tone, but there are plenty of dudes who are bigger than me. And when I see them, uh, like, for example, I'm going to reference my arm day yesterday. Guy was right next to me doing the exact same movement. We were both doing hammer curls at the time. And um, he was his biceps were just bigger than me. And he had vascularity that he had a like a side vein on his bicep which is what Mm -hmm. like once you start to really build your biceps and not just have that the one uh shoulder to to elbow vein um and you start to get those side ones popping too like that's that's big muscles right there like you're you have vascularity at that point and i was able to view that as motivation because rather than look at that and say wow i'm a piece of shit because i don't have that i was able to go okay 
I don't care what his age is or anything like that. That's what I want to strive to hit now. I want mm-hmm. to be able to see that vascularity within myself, or I want to see my biceps grow to that size. And that's something that I think people should really take to when they go to um, more professional style gyms, because you're going to see a lot of people who are, you know, they're, <laughs> they're built like, yeah, they're huge. And, yeah. um, Paul, I mean, you have uh, pros in your area. Um, I don't, I can't think of any, I mean, granted, I don't know the the circuit in this area, but I know of people who are, there's actually, it might even be this weekend if I'm being honest, because I followed the different socials of the people that go to the gym. They were, they're, it's a week out. I know, I know that it's a week out shows in this area. Um, and I just don't, I mean, um they were posting about it like five days out uh and stuff like that so there's going to be some in this area and whether or not they're pro or not that's their own thing but there's guys getting show ready with and even if you're natty show ready like you're still like toned you're big like you don't go to those things unless you're like really understanding what you're doing and so i'm able to look at these dudes their posts that they make and i'm able to channel motivation from that because these are people directly in my area that I'm able to draw some, like, it's not like I'm working out with Seabum. Like if I, <laughs> if I saw Seabum, I'd fucking, well, first I'd nut, but then I'd, uh, I, I'd, there's no easy comparison for me for, from <laughs> me to him because there's just, he's miles ahead of me. And so being able to see these, uh, more amateur side of things, um, I'm able to, compare myself and as long as i'm not in a rut where i have like my body body dysmorphia kicking in or my severe depression kicking in i'm able to look at these dudes and be like okay there's a good goal for me to set like these guys are in my area they probably came from a similar background for me where you're just consistently grinding at the gym i know i can attain this let's set this as a goal and that's a very productive way of looking at big dudes around you in the gym mm-hmm. um and like there's even even if you take the anabolic side of things i are i mean and i know you will as well paul argue that people on anabolics and other kind of steroids are more disciplined in the gym and train harder than anybody else so yeah Mm -hmm. i mean yeah that's why i say generally but like um it's it's just like there's nobody who has fabricated you know, muscles, obviously you hear about muscle implants and shit like that. And that's just loony to like people who get that are not. And you got, so that's all, too. yeah, that's, that's influencer type shit. People who actually care about their bodies are not getting implants and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you see big dudes around you and you're not struggling with your self image at the time, use that as motivation, like see a dude squatting. So for example, one of my, one of my good friends that I've met fairly recently, um, a guy named Kyle, who has been training at the gym, he's he's basically my height, but boy, that boy can push some weight. And so when he does a 655 deadlift next to me, I view that as a goal that I can push myself towards. Like my my deadlift is not even close to that, but I'm able to see that, see him, know that he's natural and know... And, and just look at myself and be like, all right, this is a good place for me to kind of set a long-term goal to strive towards. 
So mm-hmm. use the people around you as a positive influence, not as a negative is kind of my point I'm making. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, cause you, there's a quote, I think it's like comparison is a thief of joy or something like that. Uh, cause if you compare yourself to others, it's, it's obviously, it's typically going to rob you of whatever, uh, pride you had in whatever you're looking at. Um, and that's, you know, that's a lot of problem that we have and that's just the reality of being human. We're going to be human. We're going to compare ourselves to whoever we think is better than us, uh, in whatever it is. And chances are, there's always going to be someone better than you at whatever you're, you're talking about. Um, there's always going to be someone who's the best and, you know, everybody's going to have their pros and cons in any sort of situation. And, you know, they might be the best at, you know, they might look the best in the gym that day, but they might be going to, you know, let's say like they might be going to a um, very lonely home where they don't have anything going on and they don't feel like they have anybody in their life. That's where like, you, you never know like what somebody is lacking. Like that could be their entire life is how they look in the mirror. Like that could be the entire thing. Um, where they got nothing else to do the rest of the day. And they're like, man, I wish I had something else to do or like wish I had other hobbies or something like that. Um, Because everything is good in moderation. So when you're looking at like, you know, people talk about like, let's say for instance, Nick Walker, like, oh man, that dude looks insane. Dude's built and dude's enormous and lean all the time. Like he is relatively lean year round. And it's like, but at the same time, I'd be surprised if this dude lives past 35. So it's like, you got to have, you know, you're, he's willing to push it so far that he's probably going to die from it. But then again, he's, when he's on his deathbed, he could be like, man, I wish I didn't go that hard. And I wish I could live to 80 and have kids and see my grandkids grow up and stuff like that. You know, you never know what these people are going through to get to where they're at. And believe it or not, I mean, when you bring up anabolics, I mean, most guys who are on anabolics don't even look like they're on them. Um, Most guys are not they're not going to look like that they're not going to look crazy in a sense so you need to um understand that as well and you need to take into account where you stand naturally especially if you're naturally it's harder naturally because you're going to be comparing yourself to bodybuilders who are on anabolics that you shouldn't be taking in the first place you know so like that's why i still steer people away from it i know the risks and stuff but at the same time it fucks with you mentally and there's a lot of stuff that goes on with it um, that a lot of people don't need to put themselves in that place for really no other reason. Um, so just understand that just because this guy's lifting more, just because this guy looks better. And if he is on anabolics, he's willing to put himself in that position in order to get to that place where if you're not willing to put yourself in that position, then stop comparing yourself to him, you know, because you're not going to be on the things that he's taking. And, you know, who knows what the long-term side, like we're the bodybuilding world is really pretty new in a sense. It's only been around for like 50, like really 60 years. And a lot of the drugs nowadays people are taking have only really been around for like 20 years. Um, a lot of them have only really, really been around 20 years, maximum like 40. I mean, test testosterone has been around for a while. I think D ball has been around for a while DECA as well. But like a lot of these other drugs have been around for maybe 40 years. Um, at the most. And like, we don't really know the long-term side effects of these crazy compounds these guys are taking. Uh, so you, we don't know what could be affecting them. You know, like trend trends only been around, like I think around not even 20 years yet. We don't actually know the long-term side effects of taking stuff like that and how it affects you when you're later, later life. So just because he might look better doesn't mean he's going to be looking better when he's 80, you know? 
Um, you look at anybody who's 80 years old, the people who are looking the best are the people who just stayed active. They were walking their whole life. They were hiking and they're always working and stuff like that. Like those are the people that look the best when they're old and are the healthiest. So um, you never know when it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. So stop comparing yourself to people that you wouldn't even be in the same ballpark as like, as far as like act comparisons, like I com- try to compare myself to other people who I'm going to be competing against in men's physique, but I'm not going to compare myself to like Andre Ferguson because he's stepping on the Olympia stage, you know, like he's in a different, I would, I don't think I'll, even if I got to that level, by the time I get to that level, I don't even think he's going to be competing anymore. So it's like, you never, you don't stop, like stop comparing yourself to people who probably won't even be doing whatever they're doing by the time you get to that level. Um, you know, like let's say sports, like you don't compare yourself to Tom Brady when you're 16 years old, because chances are, let's say you go to the NFL at this rate, he's probably not going to be competing or playing anymore by the time you get to the NFL. So stop comparing yourself to him. Compare yourself to well, Tom, Tom Brady's different, but well, I'm just saying, like you never, you <laughs> that never man's know. never retiring. <laughs> yeah, you never know, like who is actually going to be there when you get to that level. So stop comparing yourself to that person. Compare yourself to to yourself tomorrow. You want to be the better version of yourself tomorrow. And if you're constantly improving, constantly moving forward, you're going to be in a much better place in the long term than you were recently. And I think that's where the motivation and discipline really kicks in. You can really see that is the consistency, uh, is the consistency of growth, of changes in your body and changes of your mindset and growth as a human and growth as personality. And, um, you know, it's like you also like people talk about, oh, I don't think I've accomplished enough where I am now, but you need to understand that everybody has their time, you know, um, everybody has their time to really become successful. Like, I don't think, um, like Martha Stewart, I don't think she got big until she was like in her fifties, but she didn't really, she wasn't really anywhere before that. So like you have your time, like you're going to have your time where you, you start really making progress and start doing good at something. And you just need to wait for that time. You need to strive for it. And there is a quote that's been going around lately. That's, um, hard or luck comes from hard work meeting success or something like that. So mm-hmm. by putting in the hard work, you're going to, re- it's going to result in some success, but then because of that success, you're going to get some luck. So I've talked about how, um, you know, like luck comes with hard work and like these people who are very successful have been very lucky, but at the same time, they were lucky because they put in the work to get to become successful. And, like that goes for the same thing in the gym. If you put in the hard work to make that progress, you're going to get lucky enough to have something click. You know, something's going to click and all of a sudden you're going to make tons of changes. But it's because you put in that hard work to get to the point where you can actually do that. I put in the hard work to get my body to a prime place to start my first cycle. And that's when everything clicked. All of a sudden, my body responded so insanely well to it that we actually upped the ante because. I was able to push myself that far. Like I was able to push it and take certain things that, you know, you sh- you wouldn't normally be taking on the first cycle or something like that, for instance, right? Be- but because I put in that hard work and put in the ability to get to that place, you know, I, looking back, like at the time she was my girlfriend, now she's my wife, but at the time she's like, you're looking skinny. Like you look skinny now because I got down to like almost 170 pounds. I dropped like 25 pounds in like four or five months to get to that place in order to really take it to the next level. And I did look skinny. I lost a lot of the fat in my face. Like my, my cheeks were starting to cave in a little bit, not from like death face or anything like that, but like, because I was losing the fat in my face and 
you start getting skinny and like all of a sudden all of my mediums were kind of feeling a little big on me. Um, my pants were falling off all over the place. I had to wear belts. Like I got down to like a, like a 25 or 26 size waist. So it's like you get to this, like, that's not like I wasn't, I wasn't anorexic obviously, but like I was skinny. I was losing a lot of fat and I had to put in the work to do that. Like, and you had to figure out ways of getting there. And that was the discipline, you know? And that also ties to what I was saying about you can make your food enjoyable. Like I was eating salmon mixed with rice and nothing on it. So sometimes I put like, like little like pico de gallo in there, like just to have a little bit of flavor with it or like, um, <laughs> and that cost you like 20 bucks. <laughs> oh, it's Salmon's fucking so expensive. expensive. <laughs> like $5 for like a little package of pico de gallo that's pre-made. But, um, I mean, bodybuilding is not a cheap sport at all. It's very expensive. No. Um, fitness in general isn't cheap. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that just comes from discipline and motivation. I mean, granted, I was motivated to hit the gym all the time and I loved it, but I was able to put in that work and the hard work in order to get to that point where I can hit my first cycle and really take it to the next level. So that's, you need to understand that hard work is going to lead to that. And that's where all of this comes into play. This is what we're talking about here is that you're, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't put in the discipline, let alone motivation. You might not have the motivation, but the discipline, if the discipline's not there, you're really not going to make any progress. And all you're going to do is just hinder yourself from getting to where you want to go. And, you know, I hit that goal of having abs for a Florida trip I hit in 2021, June last year, where I proposed to my girlfriend at the time, wife now, I proposed to her and my goal was to have visible abs on the beach. And I did. I looked back at those photos and actually liked the way I looked because I had visible abs in pretty much any lighting. And that's, you know, you got to strive for those goals and staying disciplined is how you get there. Motivation is going to come and go. You're never going to be always motivated. Um so there's, there's, that's just the reality and people always rely on motivation and that's, you shouldn't be doing it simply off of motivation or else you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. You got to train yourself to get your body into, well, body and mind as one into a routine. And, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I'm still in the phase of, I don't know if it's phase, but I'm I'm still at the point where I genuinely enjoy going to the gym every single day, regardless of what my workout is. Just because for me, it's my solace. It's 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 my place where I can be at peace with everything going on in the world. And um, you're at a new so gym. I'm, that that certainly adds to it. And I yeah. haven't even explored everything yet because I keep going during busy times. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I. I still view it as this happy place, which makes it easier for the discipline side of things. Like I'm I, with my schedule during the week, I know that every single during the week I have like basically one or two times that I'm going and like, that's my train time to go. But on weekends I have such open like availability that if I didn't have the discipline that I did, I'd be like, all right, cool. I'll see you on Monday. Like that, that, mm -hmm. that's not, not productive. I mean, granted, I'm kind of bad with taking rest days, so <laughs> yeah, I probably should days. be taking, I know, but at least one a week, I'm, 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 I'm in a, I don't know. It, it's, it's, you it's, you gotta a, do it. It's discipline. You just gotta do it. <laughs> that's <laughs> that, exactly what we're talking about. It's, it's exactly what we're talking about. That, that's, you just a, gotta take the rest day. It's your example you right it. there. Yeah. And also, when you say rest day, I know we brought it up in the past, but that's not sitting on your ass for a whole day. That's like you're, not you're going still going in. And, yeah, but well, you could even go and just do like cardio or something. Yeah, like you that. can do like cardio. Just, just don't staying, train. You're just staying active. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
we've kind of pushed this off and but it's kind of uh a good one and we probably should uh use it as our closer anyways because then it's going to be fresh in people's mind when they go to uh our blog to check it out but uh music we use in the gym <laughs> yep i want to i want to hit into this just because uh music can be i mean the age old uh age old saying is that music is the great unifier because it breaks language barriers it breaks mm-hmm. it breaks every barrier known to man so um well, oh sorry it's 2022 uh no, every barrier known to uh men and women and xe and yeah <laughs> but, uh, oh god i hate it um but i uh, i'm gonna give my side of things i'll let you give your side of things and then i'm gonna look into what is scientifically proven to actually be the best but um for me i have three different uh three different settings when it comes to what i listen to in the uh, sorry four four now at empire i have a new one one i i raw dog it so at empire they have speakers playing and i just every single day now i don't even have my headphones on I, I walk in and I just listen to what they're playing because they play certified bangers. I mean, I'm, we're talking like peak 20, 2000 to 2010, like DJ Khaled, like that whole set of music, like that hip hop era where music was actually like able to be listened to and whatnot and hyped up to. I So setting one for me is just raw dogging in the gym with no headphones. I listen to whatever they're playing. Um that also helps me be social in the gym, but um, that's a conversation in itself. Then I have what I consider my tuned um, music, uh, my, my tuned playlist, actually, um, where it's a combination of songs and genres that I've built up over the past two years that I know when a certain song comes on, I know that I can tap into different... Like, it's it's basically... How long is it? Let me have it right here uh two hours 35 minutes of constant hype i think there's maybe i'm looking at it right now one song two songs on here that are not head banging balls to the wall hype style music Mm -hmm. um and i personally use a lot of rock and roll in my playlists uh obviously that comes that depends on where you're coming from but for me um Rock and roll is is how I've attained my motivation levels. Something that I can essentially my music has to be something that I can uh, do a weird little white boy dance to in the corner. Like I can't dance at all, but I want to be able to move a little bit while I or like <laughs> bounce my head a little bit while I'm in the gym because in between uh, sets too that helps me like just pass the time, like just vibing with some music. Mm-hmm. Um, then I have what's called and i mentioned it earlier the sad boy uh sad boy vibes oh, darkness, my old friend. yeah it's it's it, well it's quite literally three songs that i just play on repeat one is the sound of silence the disturbed edition so mm. the literally hello darkness my old friend uh beautiful from uh eminem oh yeah. and uh that yeah that one gets me real hard uh well nope nope that one hits me real hard um whew, that was a close one um to reach yep exactly um and then i have 
um, an Adele song on there too, just because. Which one's most... Adele? <laughs> <laughs> what would, which one do you think it is? It's off the Twenty One album. <laughs> I, don't, I don't fucking know. I don't know her albums. <laughs> it's uh, it's a song uh, called "He Won't Go." That I, oh, I was listening to Skyfall. Skyfall, yeah. Well, that one I just listened to. That's like the one song um, I like from Adele. Was Skyfall? Yeah. <laughs> it's just because I love 007, so. Yep. Great series. Uh, yeah. Everybody should watch James Bond. Yes. Um, but then I have my fourth setting, which is... <laughs> I don't know how to describe this one. This is my rage against the world. And I listen to strictly gangster rap. <laughs> I don't, it's so out of place for me because like I don't artist? really listen to uh, Tupac, Biggie, uh Eminem when he's you know on drugs, a uh, lot of Eminem. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, literally. Um, yeah. Peak New York Jay Z, uh, Kanye when he's trying to kill somebody, like all those types of. Oh, um, also Lloyd Banks. My God, Lloyd Banks get me to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. But um, I listen to this just really like hardcore rap and. That gets me just, that's my rage. Like when I'm, when I'm like pissed at the world and I want to kill somebody, that's what I do. Cause you can fuel, like I said earlier in this episode about tapping into the negative to provide yourself with gains. Um, me using that, um, that just absolute rage. Like I have a, I, I think of myself as having a switch in my, in myself that I can flick when I'm in the gym um mm. like my eyes will almost glaze over and you can tell that i'm just in this don't talk to me don't even breathe in my direction while i'm doing the set because i will kill you type situation and that kind of music gets me there mm. um so um sometimes i also just vibe with nothing i know that's a very unpopular opinion but i just vibe with nothing sometimes um and uh those are kind of what I use for my for my gym motivation. I know what you look like when it comes to the music side of things because I know you wear you wear your headphones more than anybody I know, so you got to yeah. be having something going. <laughs> well, it's usually so, when I'm wearing my headphones at home is usually YouTube or audiobooks. Um, yeah, but like in the gym, I'm always wearing my headphones, and that's it's just because I don't like listening to the gym music or listening to people talk or the weights being around. I don't really care to listen to that. I just listen to the music and I honestly just drown it out. I don't even really actually listen to it. Um, but like I'll go through phases. Like I, I went through a phase recently for like a straight month. All I listened to was Eminem's eight mile uh, album. Yep. That's all I listened to. Um, the, the soundtrack one or yeah, the actual soundtracks of the eight mile okay. movie. It's yeah. his eight mile album. Um, which has like uh, Obi Trice and 50 Cent on there mm-hmm. as well. So um, I listen to that. My like probably single-handedly the most amount of music I've listened to from like artists in the gym over the past years is like a lot of uh, I Am Jake Hill, a lot of, um, let me see, Josh A, a lot of Suicide Boys, Puya, um, a lot of Ghosty Main, stuff like that. Um but I've kind of I've listened to them so much that I kind of fell off it. I just got kind of tired of it. I can't really make playlists because I get so tired of it, and it just becomes boring to me. And I also feel like listening to it. And then so I just kind of move on from other things. So I usually listen to like random like mixes. I use title 
um, on my phone, which is like hi-fi music. So I'll just use like daily discovery and stuff, which usually is focused around gym music because I only really ever use title in the gym. So um, it would be like a lot of a lot of heavy Eminem uh, influenced music. And then also like some like sometimes some like dubstep focused music. Uh, so there's that involved as well. I'm trying to think what else do I listen to? I'll listen to like YouTube motivation videos when I'm in the mood for it. Um, sometimes I'll listen to like Wu-Tang Clan. Um, that's a big one. Yeah. I love Wu-Tang Clan. Um, just in general, just listening to Wu-Tang in general. Uh, and then, but I, I would say overall, like my music over the past like couple of years, the main focus has been either Suicide Boys or Eminem and then kind of branching off from there. So like kind of like emo rap versus like typical rap, but I'm not saying like recent Eminem, like old Eminem, like oh, from yeah. like his oh, rehab yeah. album or the Eminem show album um, or like his groups that he's in, like D12, um, stuff like that. Um, These chicks don't want me. <laughs> or what? No, um, I'm, I'm trying to think uh, my band. These chicks all on me because they, uh, oh, shit, what's the fucking lyric? D12, my band, like the only song I know. Yeah, I think I I think I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah, Yeah. D12 is cool though. But I listen to them and um, you know, stuff along those lines. That's kind of what I use usually. But I mean, I'll listen to like um, sometimes like I listen to Rap Devil from MGK, followed by Killshot from Eminem. That'll be kind of the start of my day because I know both songs like basically by heart. So I'll kind of rap along with them, and then I'll go into like other music after that but one of my favorites that i think a lot of people kind of sleep on is um like the hype music from um xxx tentacion or however you say oh, his yeah. name like that music's really good and like his collab with can... Mask the slump god is also really good but i was gonna say that can channel the dark vibes real easy yeah that's that's um like the hype stuff that he has is like pretty slept on but that's kind of where I come from. And I mean, if you know Suicide Boys or Ghosty Main, like, you know what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to that kind of music. Like, that shit's sick. But it all just depends on whatever I'm feeling for the day. Um, I usually just kind of press shuffle on whatever it is, and I'll just skip whatever songs I find annoying. But then I've gone through phases where, like, I listen to, like, a lot of Tom McDonald, um, which you need to ch- definitely check out, Chris, off. I think you'll like Tom McDonald. Um you need I got a lift later today, so I'll just throw that on. For yeah, that. he's um he was produced. A lot what? of his music's produced by Eminem. Eminem kind of found him. Um, Tim who? T- uh, Tom McDonald. Oh, Tom. Tom. Yeah, Tom McDonald. Uh, um, his music is very politically focused. So yeah, he looks. He's got quite a look. I, yeah, he's geez. got. Yeah, huh. his album covers are kind of weird, but um. Yeah, he's got really good music, so I'll use that sometimes. It just depends, I guess. But going to the gym, I have like one – there's a hard style song I'll listen to that gets me hyped. I also have like the Machiavelli motivation kind of videos um, where like I'll listen to like a quick like speech from like Arnold or some shit. Um, stuff like that is what I'll get motivated to get when I'm on the way to the gym. But then in the gym, I just kind of listen to whatever. I don't want really to give a shit. <laughs> Like I can, yeah. like I don't want to listen to like pop music that the gym's playing, but like as long as it's in the genres I genuinely generally listen to, I'll be cool with it. Like mm-hmm. fucking lollipop will come up from Fifty Cent, and I'll probably listen to that. You know, I don't really give a shit. It's just as long as it's <laughs> in the rap hip hop kind of vibe. Usually, I'll kind of I'll listen to it. When I'm feeling saucy, and when I say saucy, I mean when I'm feeling, you know, 
sexually fueled or something like that. <laughs> it I, I've got just a hour of Pitbull that I listen to, and I think about <laughs> my clubbing days. I think about my my Mister World. Like I I just think about all the fun I've had in, in in my years, and uh, that. <laughs> That that one's a powerful one too. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'm sure. Like, when time of our lives comes on. Oh my god! <laughs> There's a Rihanna song. Um, uh, I think it's. I think it's. I forget what song it is. I think it's Rihanna. It might not be Rihanna. I forget who it is. But there is one that played all the time at Gardner Ice Skating on Saturdays. Um, <laughs> that just like brings me back nostalgia. And if I hear that, I'm like. Like, I don't know. That's that's one that's the song kind of like for me that it is for you. But I'll say also there's one song when I m- I mentioned earlier that like deep deep slated like rage. Like there's one song that can just put me there without question. Um and I think we've uh, either you sent it to me or I sent it to you, but we have talked about it before. It's uh Valhalla calling that just I think intense, I sent it to you. Yeah, I like that without question gets me into my rage because it's like i'm thinking about not just the nordic background but my ancestors too and i'm like my (laughs) like i'm thinking like my ancestors hunted for a living and i'm crying about this this 50 pound weight get it up (laughs) yeah that's like the germanic almost like uh norse in styled like or in inspired music i've listened to that before i've gone through phases where i listen to like um, oh, the Viking soundtrack! Oh my god, I forget what it's called. Um, Viking the show has phenomenal music, but that, that's um, what I mean—the the, the Viking soundtrack. Yeah, but uh, there's a band called Danheim, I think. I think it's called Danheim, and they have music like that, and it's pretty mm. wild to listen to. It's it's sometimes I'm in the mood for it. When I'm in the mood for it, like I'll play it, and it, it it's pretty it's, it's pretty sick. See, now I'm now I'm hyped to just go to the gym and listen to d- different stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you we've we've successfully given me a good motivator for today's gym <laughs> session. But there's actually real quick um, before we call it a day. There is also music for posing as well that I associate with posing. So I'll really? have like um, so Mount Mount Everest from um, what's his name? Let me let me look it up. I forget his name. Mount Everest is it shit why am i not pulling it up here it's not on title my title doesn't have everything mount everest from labyrinth that's what it's called mount everest from labyrinth is a good one because terrence ruffins posted a video with it um there's also a song from drake um that is really good it's part of let me see if i can find it oh uh so Drake Jungle, Jungle by Drake is another one that I associate with posing. Um, another one I associate with posing is um, the Vengeance by Zach Hemsey, which is the uh, Equalizer theme song from the first Ooh, movie. Yep. So that theme song I also, also associate with posing as well. So like I have these different posing videos or songs, I mean, that I get hyped up to like pose to. Um, also like a lot of Hans Zimmer music is great for posing as well. So mm-hmm. I'll listen to that when I want to do some posing at home or something like that. So, um, there's also the posing music I like to listen to, but, um, that's, I'm way more picky on posing music. Like my first show that I get to pick my own song. If like, I would love to make it to classic physique and on class with class with men's physique, you don't have your own posing routine. There's no music or anything that you can pick. I don't think. 
depending on the show probably, but I don't think you can because you don't, you're not on stage for that long, but classic, you have your own routine and you have your own song typically to play during that. And picking that first song is going to be so fucking hard for me because I have so many <laughs> particular posing songs. I'm like, how do I, what am I going to do to like for that first song? But that's also a problem that I face personally because I'm so particular on posing songs. Yeah. I mean, for good reason too, because you're at the level where like for, for me, posing is, you know, it helps with muscle definition and growth too, just, but for you, posing is like, potentially a paycheck so it's, it's a whole nother thing for you ideally one day yeah i'd love to be yeah. well first i want to be a posing coach but posing like i'd love to live off of bodybuilding which posing would rely on and at that level like a lot of guys who are in classic and open they'll pose for like 30 minutes a day because it's like yep. it's so important to keep that in you know keep that skill going um but for me it's that's the art the art is the posing that's what i do it for i don't do it like obviously i like lifting but if it wasn't for like lifting in a combination of posing, like I wouldn't do any of this shit. Yeah. But that's just me personally. But well, we covered a whole lot of uh, good stuff today. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, I'm uh, we I'm gonna continue to preach this, but uh, for all our international listeners, keep that keep that train going because that's great. That's still crazy for us. Where I'm still in the pink cloud when it comes to that stuff, but. Don't let that take away from our domestic listeners, all of the all of the bros that we reference in each of our episodes. Keep doing you like you guys help us to continue to produce these episodes. Mm -hmm. So um, as long as you guys keep listening, keep sending us things that you want us to talk about. We have reason to be here. <laughs> Definitely. But cool. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye, everybody. Yeah.